Hello, and welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details podcast. I am your host, Sarah, coming at you guys live and wild on a Friday night. I've got Darcy with me. How, about, how are you doing, Darcy? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I went to the gym for the first time since lockdown. Um, what? So kind of sore. So but jelly. Yeah, but it was, it's, a good, it's a good sore. It felt very good to be able to work out like that again. Nice. Yeah. I don't think any of them are open here yet. I keep looking. I'm like so anxious to get back in and start doing weights again, especially since I've still been struggling with this knee thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, my gym is still doing like, I think you can only have a maximum of like 50 people in there at one time and they're doing like temperatures and they're not using like the locker room and stuff like that. Um, So they're still, I don't mind. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I use a locker like to store my bag and stuff in, but like. That's not going to be the worst thing in the world to not be able to have that anymore, you know? So, All right. Um, yeah, so it was it was good. It was, it was very nice. I finally got a pedicure last weekend, yes. and I was just like, it was a crappy pedicure, um, like, because I called probably 10 places, and they were all booked solid for, like, weeks, because mm-hmm. people have got talons for toenails mm-hmm. now. Um, <laughs> but this woman that was doing my pedicure, and I noticed they're all the same, they would they used a cheese grater. I'm not even kidding you. Uh-uh. A cheese grater. Oh, my God. And I don't know where they got them, or if it's, like, a new tool or something or whatever, but it literally looked like one of those small kind of metal cheese graters that you use with a handle yeah and i was just like um this is weird (laughs) and (laughs) not loving it it would kind of left my feet a little bit on the raw side and the she was a little bit sloppy on the paint job i probably could have done better myself but it was nice to go in and kind of treat myself Mm -hmm. and it sucks i feel for them though because they're sitting there behind a plastic screen first they take your temperature when you get in the door second mm-hmm. they have to sit behind this plastic screen and third they have to wear those masks mm-hmm. all day long and it was hot no air conditioning oh. these poor ladies i just i can't even imagine how crappy it probably feels to be stuck with a mask on like that all day long yeah. sitting in front of somebody's feet so i feel for them yeah I, I gave her a nice tip even though i didn't really think it was the greatest pedicure i was just like oh i feel for you to have been shut down for three months and now you finally get back to work and they don't make a whole ton of money anyway right so to not make any money for three months had to have been very very hard so yeah i, I was happy to get out there and support them yeah and i'm not very big on pedicures i really like the massage chair though and like getting a good leg massage like that's my thing yeah, no, those are those are nice. I it's not so much the paint because I can do the paint myself. Mm-hmm. It's having somebody go in and like trim your cuticles and like make sure your nails are squared away and all that kind of stuff that I like having mm-hmm. done so that I don't have to try to do it myself. Yeah, and you moved in the middle of all this. You don't have like a place yet. Um, no, we have a place. Do you? Okay. We we, we bought a place initially. No, no, no I mean like Is a nail it... place that you go to, like your regular. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't. Um, I, there's a place right down the street from my house, like literally within walking distance, but I, it was fully booked. Mm -hmm. So, but the thing is we're moving again. Are you really? Our house is, I think our house is going to go through. We have been kind of in process negotiating for this beautiful 1800s house, um, on the river. And so we're fingers crossed that it finally goes through. We have a little bit of remodeling to do with it, but we got word today that it looks like a go, 
fingers crossed. Wow. Hoping for that one. Because it's such a cool place. It was built like in 1890s and it's got like a lot of the original stuff still there. Like it hasn't been remodeled. It hasn't been gutted and it is phenomenal. Oh, you'll have to send me pictures. That looks awesome. I absolutely love that old stuff. It's got the original windows. It's got the original floors. It's got the original bathrooms. Ooh. Yeah, which is so crazy. I'm absolutely in love with that part. So we're doing some remodeling, but we asked the contractor, we took and walked him through and we're like, okay, we want to keep this. Mm -hmm. We want to keep this. Can you just redo the floors here and keep these fixtures and just replace the, the, the handles and just keep, because the, there's a ladies bathroom. This is, get this. It's so crazy. It's a ladies bathroom and it's got this huge, gorgeous clawfoot tub and a sits bath in the corner, like a Victorian sits bath. And it's got the original, like, uh, sink and, like, the old original toilet. It's just, it's so crazy. And it's, like, you know, inside toilets back then were, like, very rare anyway. Mm -hmm. So to see original ones from back then where they had even the pulley levers instead of a handle on Mm -hmm. the toilet. And it's just, I can't even. It's amazing. It's so neat. That's awesome. And the original flooring just just blows my mind with the tiles and you have the radiators from the 1800s and it's just, oh, it's, I love it. It's like the plumbing and the piping and everything, is that all still like good or do you have to replace well, that stuff? part of the deal is like they did some remodeling, I don't know, 20 or 30 years ago mm-hmm. and they did some, I think, in the 50s. Oh, okay. And so the pipes have been updated for the most part, but... The ladies' restroom has not been updated. None of the fixtures or, or, or things, the bathtub or sinks are hooked up to the pipes. They're oh, okay. all original. So they're going to have to like do something where they hook it all up to mm-hmm. the, the, the drains and the pipes and stuff like that, which is going to cost a little bit. But they're going to keep all the outward stuff. They're just going right. to replace the inner guts of everything, which wow. is so neat. I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled. That's awesome. You'll have to send me pictures I'm a huge of history that. buff. Yeah. A huge, huge, huge. It's such a great location, too. It's on this beautiful riverfront property, and I just can't wait to be out there in the summer enjoying it and whatnot. So yeah. I'll have to get a kayak. <gasps> oh. I can't wait. Because they're really not that expensive, and I could probably get a used one mm-hmm. and just kayak on the river as exercise. I always wanted to get a paddleboard when I was out in San Diego, but then I never did. Because those things are so expensive. They are a little pricey, and they're are they're harder than they look mm-hmm. I, to me. Like I've tried it before, and I was just like I had to sit down because it was like it takes a lot of balance, mm-hmm. and like you really have it's hard work. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but the river here is not that great as oh, far okay. as I can see. It's like if you, you can't, I wouldn't really swim in it. It's kind of dirty, and there's a lot of logs and like debris and stuff like that. So I'd be kind of afraid to be like in that water. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, eh, probably won't be paddle boarding, but a kayak would be fine. You know, if you accidentally fall in, it's not the end of the world. You're not going to die. But at the same time, you're probably not going to want to swim in there. Right. But anyway, that's neither here nor there at this point. Um, Today's topic, you want to jump right in? Let's do it. There was a recent update on this one, which is the, and I kind of have been looking at this story for a while now, anticipating covering it because it is just so wild and bizarre and it literally fits with our name so perfectly. It's just such a crazy case. And there was a very, very sad update this week. So I thought, why not cover off on this? And as the weeks and months pass by and more details come out, I'm sure that they will provide even more information about these two individuals that are at the heart of this case. But I'm going to cover off on the Lori Vallow Daybill horror story. Mm -hmm. 
I got a lot of my information from a 48 hours episode as well as probably about 15 different articles. Um, there were a lot of podcasts out there about this um, particular case. I don't know if they're kind of covering it in any main major detail. I think a lot of them just kind of chat about it in small detail. But uh, here we go. 46-year-old Lori Vallow Daybell was a former beauty queen. She was married five times. And according to her friends and family, she was pretty much a super mom. Very patient, kind, attentive, and by all accounts, a very devoted wife and mom. She had long as well been an active member of the LDS church. And I don't know if you kind of are aware of what that really means for a lot of people, but it is a very serious commitment to a good portion of the population. It Mm. involves sort of a conservative lifestyle. Um, You don't really drink, you don't, you know, smoke, and there's just a lot of things that are prohibited in that church and you go on missions and only members of the church can get married in the church. And there's just a whole lot of rules and regulations that go along with that. So to be someone who is devoted to the LDS church, that means that you're very serious about that. And I thought this was interesting because she'd been married five times. And Hmm. that is interesting. Traditionally speaking, divorce is not something that the church embraces or approves of under normal circumstances. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was kind of interesting that she had five marriages um, and was still an active member at the church. But we'll kind of get into a little bit more detail on that as we continue. But suddenly, Lori was thrust into the spotlight quite recently as one of the most hated mothers in recent times when her two children, Tylee, age 17, and JJ, age 7, disappeared in September 2019. The only way to unravel this crazy story is to start at the beginning. And not a whole lot is really known publicly about Lori's early years. So I do know that she was married five times. And her latest marriage to Chad Daybell is her fifth marriage. And um, until about 2019, she led a rather ordinary life. She had multiple children And her first husband was Tylee's father. His name is Joseph Ryan. And what's interesting is that he died of a heart attack in 2018. Hmm. Okay, so just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. At that time, Lori was happily married. She had been married since 2006 to her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, or Vallow, however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. Vallow was a successful investment advisor, and he and Lori had bonded over their previous failed marriages And they were very determined to raise Lori's daughter, Tylee, from a previous marriage. And then they adopted JJ from his sister's granddaughter in 2014. If that makes sense. So he's a family, came from a family member who couldn't really take care of him. JJ was special needs. He Mm -hmm. was diagnosed with autism and had some other mental and physical challenges as well. He did take medications and he had a service animal because he tended to kind of wander off sometimes at night. And so they got him a service animal in hopes that it would help him stay safer and the family could have a little bit more security. And indeed, when they got the animal, he didn't tend to get up and wander around as much. Okay. But people who knew this couple said that they were awesome. They were like the perfect, happily married couple. They settled in Arizona for a while. She was very friendly and outgoing and devoted to the church. And... Both of them seemed like they were just really into this certain lifestyle. They worked hard and they were involved with their church stuff and they took care of their kids. Both of them also had adult children in addition to JJ and Tylee. 
And as well, Tylee and JJ were very close. She kind of acted like a second mother to him. You know, she was 17 and he's seven. So like there was a right. 10 year difference, which, you know, that can be significant in that you, the closer they are in age, the, the more they are like brother and sister. But if you have an older sibling, then they tend to be more of a motherly type figure for some yeah. people. The service dog that JJ had fit into the family perfectly. His name was Bailey. He calmed JJ down quite a bit and helped settle him in. The family lived a pretty normal life until about 2017 when their family dynamic kind of changed a little bit. They moved to Hawaii from Arizona and were determined to settle more into an active lifestyle in their community and their church. But Tylee started having some issues and started to miss her friends back in Arizona. And after a lot of talk and kind of making the decision as a family, they decided it would be better to move back to the mainland and they moved back to Arizona with the kids. The family was settling back into Arizona, and it was about that time that Tylee's dad died of a heart attack. And what's interesting is that people started noticing that Lori was changing, and she wouldn't allow Tylee to mourn her father or even talk about him. And what? the family immediately cremated the body right after the heart attack. So he can't be oh. exhumed. Okay. So that was kind of interesting. And Lori also started reading some books and attending lectures, as well as listening to podcasts from a man named Chad Daybell. So Hmm. we all recognize that name. Let's talk a little bit about Chad Daybell for a moment, because he is a key player in this crazy saga. 51-year-old Chad Daybell grew up in Idaho and attended BYU. He was a devout Mormon and going to Utah to go to BYU was like a big thing for him. He met his wife, Tammy, at BYU um, during their earlier years. Tammy was a freshman when they met and 49-year-old Tammy was from Pasadena. She quickly fell in love with Chad in college and they married March 9th, 1990. And they married in the temple because they were members of the Mormon church and it was very Mm -hmm. important to them. At that time, Chad continued his schooling while Tammy dropped out and started working for the Parks Department to support their growing family. After school ended, the Daybell family moved to Ogden, Utah for Chad's career and they became, and Tammy became a full-time homemaker. The two ended up having five children together. Again, I think that's kind of characteristic of some members of churches. They tend to have a, Mm -hmm. a few more children than other families do. But in 2004, Chad founded the Spring Creek Book Company with Tammy's help and support. And they worked there together in various capacities in editing and sales and marketing, etc. In 2015, the Daybell family moved to Salem, Idaho, where Tammy began work as a librarian at the Central Elementary Sugar School in Sugar City, Idaho. By all accounts, Chad and Tammy had a happy and normal marriage just the same as Lori and her husband did. And their family was pretty much centered around the LDS church. And during this time with a bachelor's degree in communications, which surprise, surprise seems like a pretty standard thing in the nineties. Right. I think everybody was getting degrees in communications and you could pretty much go anywhere and do anything with that. But Chad ended up working in sales as a sales director, a manager, a managing director, a cemetery sexton, and a writer and copy editor. What is a cemetery sexton? It's a person who runs the local cemetery opening and closing graves 
Yeah. oversees the cemeteries and works with families to purchase a cemetery lot, etc. Okay. So they kind of manage the cemetery, okay. which is kind of scary. But that's one of the jobs that Chad did during his career. And he also wrote books and published more than 25 of them, as well as starting a podcast, which is called Time to Warrior Up, or was called. I don't know if, if it's necessarily it out there anymore. Can't possibly. I can't imagine that it would, yeah. but Chad's books, lectures, and teaching focused on biblical principles from the Mormon church, as well as kind of doomsday sort of stuff and prophecies and apocalyptic type events. Mm-hmm. I think it, most of his stuff was fiction, but he did have some other stuff in there as well. His books were somewhat popular, but his beliefs actually ended up getting him excommunicated from the Mormon church after he claimed he was a prophet. Oh, and we all know this is a big no-no for a lot of church peeps. You can't be like, oh, hey, I'm a, I'm a prophet yeah. or like I'm a saint or like you can't just claim that you're something I th- in that capacity. Yeah, I think that the Mormon church, they have like their leadership council. I think they're called like the 12 prophets. So I think that's like it isn't just the same as like saying you're a deacon in a church when you're not like it's like. That's a big thing. Claiming, yeah, I think it's like claiming you're like one of the leaders of the entire church. Yeah, it's um, pretty bonkers that he would say that he was. So he became kind of unpopular for a lot of very traditional Mormons because yeah. he was making these claims. But now let's kind of scoot back to Lori. Lori, at that point, after they'd moved back to Arizona and things started to settle down a little bit, she suddenly starts becoming obsessed with Chad Daybell and some of his teachings. And this leads her, those people around her to start to notice that she is having some pretty extreme religious beliefs that are starting to set hold in her. She was also starting to leave behind some of the more traditional Mormon beliefs as she was getting caught by friends and family making some wilder and wilder statements. Hmm. In the early, and I'm going to get into what some of the crazy things that she was saying, but in the early months of 2019, Lori actually took off. She left her husband and children for a couple of months. Just, bye, gone, Whoa. left. Yeah, a little cuckoo. Those who know her believe that she met up with Chad Daybell during this time. And that's kind of what the authorities are thinking as well, that she sought him out. She started listening to his podcast and I think she started with a book, became interested in his teachings, got onto the podcast thing, started going to his speaking engagements and really like found that she thought she had this amazing connection with him and she had to know him and meet him and be with him. She just was very obsessive about it, according to the people that were in her inner circle. And they were both still married at this time, right? Correct. Okay. Unfortunately, when Lori returned, she was spouting all kinds of wild and crazy talk. She allegedly told her fourth husband that she believed she was the chosen one, quote unquote. Oh. And that she could speak to the dead. Things became even more insane and bizarre when she said she had supernatural abilities. Oh. Because, you know, we all have supernatural abilities, don't we? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's when the marriage with Charles Vallow kind of started to crumble for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. And <laughs> Charles was like, see you later and filed yeah. divorce paperwork. He, oh. But he also claimed that he was concerned for his safety and that of his children. Because she was just kind of spinning wilder and wilder and just getting more and more out of control. Um, some of the things that she was claiming was... 
that if Charles stood in her way, she would kill him. Oh. She claimed that she was one of 144,800 and some odd people that were chosen to survive the apocalypse. Now, how they come up with like 144,000 people to survive seems a little cuckoo. Like, how do they? I think it's so random. Part of the Mormon doctrine, but I don't know how they get to that number. 144,000 people. That's like officially like what the Mormons believe. So, according to this particular belief, 144,000 people will survive some kind of apocalypse that kills off or damages severely everyone else in the world, and that these are the chosen ones, and Mm -hmm. that they need to band together as chosen ones, and um, before the apocalypse happened, those chosen ones will know who they are, and they should gather together and stockpile and and keep each other company and do things to find the other chosen ones, I guess. It's some kind of weird whole thing. But Hmm. she also said she was sealed excuse me, slash eternally married to the ancient book of Mormon prophet Morani. Okay. No idea what that means, but it sounds cuckoo. I know Um, that. (laughs) Sorry. I know that seal. I don't know if that's commonly used in like standard LDS terminology, but I know that's what they said when like the fundamentalist more uh, Latter-day Saints would like marry their child brides. They would call that sealing. Yeah, that's just kind of cuckoo. Yeah. She also claimed that she lived numerous lives on numerous planets prior to her current life. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Are you starting to get that she seems like maybe there's some mental health issues going on here a little bit? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting, though. At the center of all of Lori's wacky beliefs seems to be this principle espoused by Chad Daybell, and that is organization in kind of a cult sort of a way and this this cult quote-unquote that they were involved in was called preparing a people and it sort of also involves these people who believe in these doomsday kind of prophecies and again those 144,000 people who are going to survive Armageddon Lori also believed that there was a specific date and I think she still does because she's still alive that there was a specific Mm -hmm. date when Armageddon is supposed to go down Okay, and that date is July 22nd, 2020. So. Oh, so coming up. It's coming. It's like a month from okay. now. So wouldn't that be wacky if it really did happen? And that's what I thought when I read this. I was like, oh my God, that date hasn't come yet. What if it really happens? What if she was right? <laughs> I don't think she is, but I think it would yeah. be absolutely insanely crazy if it actually did happen. But anyway, she's started talking to people about stockpiling supplies and tried to recruit these people and telling them, Hey, are you one of the chosen people too? She felt like she was, she had been tasked by God to help find these chosen ones and bring them all together. And if you were chosen, it meant you had to separate yourself from your family your friends and everyone else who wasn't chosen and kind of get together oh. with Chad and Lori and like, just do this thing, you know? Uh Um, So it was pretty obvious to those around Lori that she had kind of flipped a switch and gone from this normal soccer mom to this crazy person who believed she was some sort of reincarnated deity or deity, however you want to say it. And I just, I can't even imagine being like her child or someone who was like closely related to her. And suddenly she comes back from this like disappearance and all of a sudden she's like this weird religious, like crazy person. She even told other people that she believed her husband, Charles, was already dead and there was a demon living in him. Okay. 
And of course, this kind of created an escalation between the two of them. Yeah. As their, di- as their divorce <laughs> battle got underway. And he's just like, this lady is nuts. I am afraid of her. I am afraid for my safety. And I'm afraid for my children's safety. And lo and behold, right. he was right as rain, right? He knew. He knew something wasn't right. And on the morning of July 11th, 2019, Charles went over to Lori's rental home in Chandler, Arizona. And this was a normal occurrence because he was going to take JJ to school. So he got there around 7.30 in the morning, and that is where things fly off the rails in a rather dramatic fashion. When an altercation took place between Charles and Lori's brother, Alex. So Alex claims, and of course we can't ask Charles, because Charles was shot two times in the chest and killed by Alex, Okay, wait. Lori's brother. Was it the third husband that had the heart attack and was cremated? The first husband had a heart attack and was cremated. Oh. Charles was the fourth husband. Okay, okay, okay. 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 But Alex claims that his sister and Charles got into a fight and that Tylee came out of her room with a baseball bat and was like, hey, leave my mom alone. And that Charles grabbed the baseball bat out of Tylee's hands and came at Alex with the bat, hitting him in the back of the head. With the bat. Okay. Okay. And then after that, Alex was in fear of his life and ran into the house, got a gun, came out and shot Charles. Okay. Okay. Shot him in the chest twice. Twice. Now. Yeah. Interesting, though. Lori's brother claimed it was self-defense, obviously. I mean, somebody's coming at you with a bat. You have to defend yourself, Mm -hmm. right? In the meantime, though, this is this part is just so nuts. Lori walks over the body. JJ is waiting in the car <gasps> during this whole altercation. This poor little boy probably saw his dad or all that he'd ever known mm-hmm. as a dad get shot. And she drives JJ to school like nothing happened and returns with Tylee about an hour later to find the police questioning her brother. The whole incident is so crazy and bizarre, and there are actually these recordings you can listen to online that with the body cam of the police officer where they were kind of interviewing Lori, and she's so nonchalant. Her voice doesn't raise at all. She's not fearful. She's not sorry, scared, whatever it may be that this event happened. She's totally calm. She even makes jokes and starts laughing at one point. Like, hey, you know, I just moved here. We've only been here for a few weeks. And can you imagine being my neighbor? Ha <laughs> ha Welcome. Uh, no, you I know, cannot. Just, I'd like to move. It's so nuts. It's just nuts. She's so calm and detached. It's just, it's horrifying. And she acts like the whole thing is no big deal, that someone was killed in her front yard. And neither Tylee or Lori claim to have seen the actual shooting, but the police take Alex, Lori, and Tylee all down to the police station and question them on the same day, and they're all released. Okay. Evidently, they believed they believed the story that it was self-defense. Yeah. It's just so nuts. There's no fear, no urgency, not even... Their voices don't even rise. Like, it's so crazy to hear both Alex and Lori talk on this police cam video. Um, but when friends and family heard about Charles's death, they knew something was very seriously wrong because they had kind of seen problems brewing, but they had no idea that murder would come out of it or death would yeah. come out of that whole escalation of the relationship. 
But less than two months later, Lori packed up the kids and moved to Rexburg, Idaho. Surprise, surprise, home of Chad Dago. Mm. What a coincidence. Okay. Right. September 2019, Lori and her kids move into a townhouse. Her brother Alex follows and moves into the same complex. Those who knew them said that those two were very, very close and that Alex was kind of like her bodyguard and protector. The incident with Charles had not been Alex's first mishap either. In 2007, he had actually attacked Joseph Ryan, which was Lori's first husband, with a taser. Whoa. And spent 90 days in jail after the altercation. So not only did he have a criminal record, but he had a history of altercations with Lori's husband and husbands and considered himself kind of like her avenger. You know, he was like the problem solver. I wonder how much of this is like, like, I wonder if, if she doesn't manipulate him to like attack her husband's. I don't know. It's all, like, just so cuckoo. And Charles's family is like, they think Charles was lured there on purpose to be taken care of. I could of, buy into that. Unquote. I could, too. And friends were just, like, swearing up and down that Charles wasn't a violent man. And he'd been an athlete in college and a baseball player, no mm-hmm. less. And that if he would have hit Alex in the back of the head with a baseball bat, there would have been some serious damage. Yeah. As it was, Alex only had a few minor lacerations And after the incident, he refused medical care. They were so minor. Hmm. So you killed someone over a few lacerations? Like, it just doesn't make sense. And this is the point where things start getting even darker as a string of dead bodies is starting to pile up with one common denominator. You want to guess who that person is? Is it Lori? It's Lori. Surprise, surprise. But things are going to continue to get worse. In September 2019, a series of strange events begins to take place on the eighth photo surface of Lori, Tylee, and Alex and JJ in Yellowstone Park, which is so random. Um, I'm not sure when school starts then, but uh, I just question why they would all be hanging out in Yellowstone Park, the four of them together. And this is also the last time that Tylee was seen alive. Hmm. The 17-year-old daughter of Lori. Now, JJ left the park, but was seen in school September 23rd, 2019. And that was the last time anyone saw him. Lori pulled him out on September 24th, claiming she was going to be homeschooling him from now on. Yeah. She then starts telling people, Lori that is, that Tylee left for college in Hawaii. And that's why she's not around anymore. And she simultaneously stopped filling JJ's medical prescriptions and got rid of his service dog, Bailey. Mm. So it's starting to look a little shady. October 19th, 2019, Chad's wife, Tammy Daybell, was found dead in her home. And initially they deemed it to be of natural causes. She was 49 years old and they say she died in her sleep. Do you find that a little bit unlikely or is it just me? Yeah, it's not natural causes, even if it's like a heart attack or something like that. That's not natural causes at 49. And the family refuses an autopsy. Yeah. The she. Okay, so shady. Mm -hmm. Um, And these suspicious circumstances that are starting to pile up have since 
prompted the police to exhume the body and run a toxicology report and start doing an autopsy on that body because she wasn't cremated. She was just buried. Mm -hmm. And that autopsy is still in process. It has not been completed. So we don't know yet. But additionally... A few months after Charles's death and a few weeks after Tammy's death, smack dab in the middle of the disappearance of her two children, Lori marries Chad and they run off to Hawaii to have their marriage and honeymoon. This is a huge red flag, as you can probably tell. Um, the two are happily dancing on beaches, running around the pool and looking 100% carefree, even though Lori's two children are missing. God knows now- where. Were they ever officially reported missing? I know, obviously, she didn't do it, but, like, her, any family members? Lori never called anyone. No family members Lori or anything? never, re- and, you know, I'm going to get oh, into that in a, in a second here, but Lori never reported her children missing. Yeah. And authorities are, authorities are starting to believe that the two had started their relationship while she was still married to her spouse, and about a year before the children disappeared, mm-hmm. she had started podcasting with him. Oh. So they're pulling it back even further than people thought the two knew one another. But, you know, it it makes him even more suspicious because Chad had been married to to Tammy Mm -hmm. for 29 years. They had five kids together, and now he didn't seem like he was impacted at all that she was gone. She died in her sleep, and the family didn't even want an autopsy. It just seems so crazy yeah. to me, like, that you wouldn't even... I mean, is it they didn't want to pay a fee for it? Like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't think that was suspicious. Unless it's maybe, like, a religious thing? I don't know. I don't know. But Chad and Lori started telling people that she was an empty nester and that she had no minor children. Which, again, red flag after red flag after red flag. Yeah. And it was about November at that point, and JJ's grandparents, who were Charles's parents, are sick with worry. And they see that, you know, they can't get a hold of Lori, that she's not doing anything, and they call mm. the police. And they're like, we want a welfare check. Go find this. Our, we want our grandson back. And so this was in November of 2019. And police check with Lori, and she claims that the kids are in Arizona with friends. But the police go to Arizona... And the kids aren't there either. So the police pull in Chad and interview him. And he acts like he doesn't even know Lori very well. Like they're just casual acquaintances. Aren't they married at this point? Yeah, he neglects to mention that he'd been married to her for about three weeks Uh. by then. Then some other odd little tidbits start popping up. Like Lori never reported the kids missing. Emails begin to surface showing Lori had been asking Chad Daybell to... Assess her kids for dark and light. Um. And Tylee came out as dark. This was in October of 2019. That was bad. Being dark was bad. Light is good. Dark was bad. Lori and Chad had met at one of his lectures about a book and had been podcasting together for about a year before the kids disappeared. So there was plenty of time for her crazy kind of indoctrination to take hold of her and present this cuckoo side of her where she felt like she needed to get rid of her kids then in another bizarre twist december 2019 alex cox who's Lori's brother that killed her fourth husband Mm -hmm. charles mysteriously (gasps) dies and they think it's an apparent blood clot in his lung and he's done gone so he cannot say anything more about 
What nope. With Charles? Can't say a word. Yep. Can't say a word. Hmm. He dies of a blood clot in his lung. Hmm. Which, again, like, how do all these people around her... Yeah. Heart attack. Blood clot. You know, gunshot. Like, it just seems like people are dropping, like, yeah. flies around Lori Vallow Daybell. And police start searching Yellowstone Park because that was the last place that Tylee was seen. And... There are kind of these web sleuths that are speculating rampantly that Tylee was pushed into one of the hot pots. Oh my gosh. And I don't know if you know what those are. Those are like the old faithful or whatever. And they're very hot and acidic enough to dissolve a body if they had to. And there are also lots of forests and wild animals that could have helped hide or dispose of a dead body. So they think that maybe they had done something to Tylee in that park and left (sighs) her there. And initially there were no real signs that the kids were dead. Lori insisted they were safe. And a few people thought maybe Lori had them hidden away somewhere off the grid to wait out the apocalypse. If that's even possible. I mean, really? You're going to wait it out? Um, okay. (laughs) But thousands of other people wanted to know why the kids were gone, where they were, and why had Lori run off so soon after their disappearance to get married in Hawaii? And Lori is, like, keeping her mouth shut. She refuses to speak or answer any questions. For months, friends and family and onlookers were praying for the safe return of JJ and Tylee. But as time went on, their return seemed less and less likely. It's weird because, like, some of her friends and family still continue to support her, claiming that she wasn't in a cult and that Charles had wildly exaggerated everything in their divorce paperwork that she didn't have these insane religious beliefs that Charles had made that part up. And they say that she had stockpiled JJ's medications and that Charles was the one who was attached to the service dog, Bailey, and that JJ really didn't need him or want him. And that's why she got rid of the dog. So like for every question that authorities and people that were searching for these kids had, her family was coming up Mm. with an answer to it. Mm. And the, Lori's mother claimed that she called and spoke to Lori in October 2019, not long after the alleged September 23rd disappearance. And her mother claims to have heard JJ playing in the background and spoke to him on the phone. <clears throat> okay. So she's saying, there's no way my grandson could have disappeared because I talked to him. I heard him. I know exact. I know he's still there. I know he's alive. And they claim that Alex Cox wasn't an enforcer. He was a gentle, kind, and relaxed person and would never have killed anyone deliberately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even so, JJ's grandparents launched a public appeal for the safe return of their grandson. They were just like, we just want him yeah. back or just give us some kind of a sign. And they pushed and pushed and pushed. They found that the police had searched a public storage area that Lori had rented and found JJ's bike, scooter, and many of the personal items of the children, as well as photo albums of the family. All of these things were abandoned after Lori stopped paying for storage fees. So she just like took everything from her old life and put it in a storage unit. And then yep. just and then stopped paying for out. it. Yeah. Wow. Um, the police subpoenaed the surveillance videos from the storage area too. And they could see on some of the tapes that Lori and others were going in and out of the storage space with multiple heavy items in black bags Mm -hmm. at certain points. So again, super suspicious. 
But as a result of family pressure, the court orders Lori to produce JJ and Tylee by January 30th of 2020. I don't know if you guys remember hearing about this in the yeah, news. Yeah, I feel like this is when she I had to prove up they were alive it. and well. Yeah, yeah. So the courts were telling her, "Hey, you got to produce these kids by January 30th, or you will be in contempt of court." And Lori was like, "Whatever," and failed to comply. So they issued a warrant for her arrest. February 12th, police also find out that Charles Ballow had a $1 million life insurance policy. And Lori had actually tried to access it, but found out to her horror that she'd been removed from the policy already. Oh, thank God. Right? Um, so then Lori was arrested in Hawaii February 20th, 2020, and they set a $5 million bail for her, which... Seems a little crazy that her bail would be that high. Um, particularly when you see that she ha- only has a couple of charges. And I'm going to get into the charges against her. And, and murder or homicide are not the right. charges that are filed against her. But she still has a $5 million bail. which Well, she's clearly a flight risk. Right. But she was extradited back to, to Idaho to face charges. And that's when the public, I think, really started to see her as this crazy kind of cult mom. Like, you see the pictures yeah. of her, and she's got these blank kind of dazed look in her eye, and she just doesn't look like she's all together there. I don't know if you feel that same way. Just she kind of has this weird look in her eyes. Yeah, she doesn't seem bothered by any of it. No. And the police brought her back to Idaho with a bulletproof vest on and kind of surrounded by police. And she's just the whole time has this weird kind of blank expression on her face. Yeah. And when police apprehended her, they found birth certificates for the two kids, Tylee's bank card, cell phone, and a few other personal effects that Tylee would have never been without. So certainly wouldn't like, have gone to college without him, right? Why do you? Why do you? Why do you have her cell phone? She wouldn't go yeah. to college without her cell phone, or she wouldn't have left without her cell phone. And Lori's family yet again immediately jumps to her defense, claiming that she would never hurt her kids or anyone else. They claim that she had been followed and threatened by Charles's family, seeking revenge for his death. They say Lori was scared and fled to Idaho to keep her kids safe before eventually hiding them to keep the whole family safe. So she's there again, multiple excuses trying to get her off the hook. Crazy. Charles's family, meanwhile, categorically denies any of this. They say there's no way we would seek her out or threaten her or harass her in any way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. besides the fact, they were probably scared of her. I mean... I'm sure. People are dropping like flies around her. If, if she was anywhere near me, I'd want to be in a different space because I would yeah. be afraid she would have me killed, too. Um, in response to the ongoing discoveries, April 20th... Or excuse me, April 2020, authorities suspect that Tammy Daybell died under suspicious circumstances and that her death is somehow related to Charles Vallow's death. Mm-hmm. And they start to track things between Lori and Chad Daybell and start to look a little bit deeper into this relationship. As of today, Lori remains jailed in Rexburg, Idaho, awaiting the outcome of her trial. She is charged with desertion and non-support of her children. I guess these are felony counts. Um, She's also charged with obstructing and preventing officers from doing their job, solicitation to commit a crime, contempt of court, willful disobedience of court process or order. So basically they're like, hey, you're not... It's interesting that they haven't at any time filed kidnapping or murder or any other kind of serious criminal charges against her. It's these other little things. 
And she also recently requested them to lower her $5 million bail. And this request was denied because, as you mentioned earlier, she looks like an obvious flight risk. Yeah, thank God. And then this is when a very sad turn of events Uh occurred this last week. As many people are aware, some bodies were found on Chad Daybell's property. Um, As it played out, a search warrant was issued June 9th, 2020 for Chad Daybell's property on the 200th block of 1900 East in Salem, Idaho. It's not immediately clear what prompted this search, but two bodies were found during that search. And the family firmly believes that these are Tylee and JJ. The official autopsies have not been finished and this has not been confirmed, but they do believe that these are the, the children. Chad Daybell was immediately arrested last week and charged with destroying evidence and concealing remains. So again, we have no murder charges, but a whole bunch of other ones. Probably pending cause of death, I would think. Right. And I think probably what they're doing is just putting those initial charges out there so they can hold them while they complete the investigation and not have to worry about them taking off as a flight risk. But yeah. Although the police haven't officially released the identity of the two bodies, authorities say concealment of one of the bodies was particularly egregious. So there's some other stuff going on here. And to have them say something like that is just, it's horrifying. I wonder what that means. So they either did something to the body uh, or hid it in some weird way or like cut the body up or something like that. But it's not desecration of remains though. Unless that's, like, not a charge in Idaho. I don't know. Perhaps that's the reason, but... Maybe they plan on adding that. I don't I don't know. It just... I wonder what egregious concealment <sighs> means. Yeah. But it's particularly egregious the way they hid the body. So I, I don't know what that means, but I suppose in the upcoming hmm. weeks, we will find out more details. Tra- uh, Chad's bail was set at a million dollars, which is interesting because why is his bail so much lower than Lori's? I wonder if they... If they think that he just hid their remains and didn't actually isn't responsible for murder. And like she if, killed him. I don't yeah. know. It's I don't know. And again, th- these are all alleged. Yeah. At this point, nothing has been proven in a court of law. I want to make that clear. All these charges, all these implications, everything in this case, Lori has not been confirmed or convicted of any crimes mm-hmm. until she is. She is allegedly the perpetrator of these things allegedly because we have not proven that she is Mm -hmm. guilty just yet Uh, there is a vigil planned for the children in the upcoming weeks which god i just can't even imagine how sad that would be this is really really an awful turn of events in this really bizarre case we will keep the listeners posted as updates become available it's just so tragic and sad to me that this case ended this way Mm-hmm. But it's even sadder to me that most of this, most of us aren't even surprised by the outcome. That's the sad part to me. Yeah, I think, I think it was pretty clear from almost the moment this became public that, that they had done something to the children, that the children were likely not going to be found alive. I think it's just so rare. Like, have you ever even heard of a case where a parent claims that they've hidden the children away or given them to somebody else for like to protect them. And that, but that, and that actually ended up being the truth. Like I've heard about that no. happening a few times, but it's because they want to hide the fact that they've killed their children. I can't recall any instances and that doesn't mean that there aren't any out there, but I sure. just, I simply, I can't recall any instances of that actually being the truth. And I think what makes it even more 
risky is these religious type situations where you have these religiously zealot type individuals, religious mm-hmm. zealots, essentially, who say that, you know, they have all these particular beliefs and that they're protecting their children. Nine times out of 10, the children are killed. Yeah, it's it makes it particularly difficult to navigate from a legal standpoint, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there is a lot of sensitivity to this because people really value their religious freedoms and Mm -hmm. so forth. So, you know, in no way do I want to make it sound like all religious people are cuckoo or that Mormons are crazy or that their lifestyle or their beliefs are, you know, somehow unacceptable. Now, when it does reach the level of unacceptable is when people around you have to suffer, die, be punished, be hurt for your religious beliefs. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even know that, like, it doesn't even necessarily seem that clear to me that this is all because of her religious beliefs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not even sure that that connection is my understanding that people believe that she did not think her children were chosen. And so she killed them because she did not want them to have to suffer through tribulation. Oh, Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So she so thoroughly believed that she was chosen and her children were not. She had Chad analyze them because she believed he was a prophet that could distinguish whether the children were chosen or not. And, and she was like protecting said her children them were dark, from... She did not want them to have to suffer through a tribulation because there are people, biblically speaking, you know, and I'm not exactly sure what the Mormons believe that, but some Christians and evangelical Christians believe that there will be a tribulation that will happen before the second coming of Christ. And during that time, I think it's supposed to be like seven years or something like Mm -hmm. that of extreme violence, poverty, sickness, disease, and suffering before God comes again in the form of his son and takes us all up to heaven, the ones that are chosen. Given everything that's going on right now, maybe July 22nd is the final. I don't know, right? (laughs) That's why when I read this, I kind of got the chills because I was like, oh, my God, what if something major does happen in July? (laughs) That's cuckoo. So it's an interesting case. And I just like when you add all these little and again, you got to take it with a grain of salt because Mm -hmm. I'm sure that not all of it is stuff that came out of Lori's mouth. You know, you've got mm-hmm. all kinds of people weighing in around her that are talking about essentially hearsay, what they thought she said. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you say, oh, this person said, and you're not getting it directly from the person who said it, that's hearsay. So I, you got to take some of it with a grain of salt because it may be exaggerated. It may be that people have made stuff up. It may be like the telephone game where it started out one way. And then by the time 14 different news agencies got through with it, it ended up as something completely different. Yeah. So I think we all need to reserve judgment as hard as that may be when you want to be completely horrified by a case like this. You got to reserve judgment until the court has a chance to look at the facts of this case and determine whether she is guilty or not in a court of law. It it seems like so like as you were talking about this case, it it sounds very similar to like a cult story. Right. Uh But there's only two people really involved and you like you're trying to at least I was trying to like figure out okay which one of these is the cult leader because she's clearly the one doing the most cult leader well, I don't things. I don't know that they were leaders they were part of that preparing a people organization 
Yeah. Which was supposedly the umbrella under which they operated. Now, this particular organization came out with a blanket statement and said, hey, we don't have anything to do with this. We don't Mm -hmm. support these two. We are disavowing them. We are taking ourselves out of the equation because we don't feel like we're responsible for their beliefs and and things like that. But Mm -hmm. initially, they were holding the same doctrine from that organization with respect to the chosen ones and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. I think this will continue to play out and we're going to continue to get more evidence because there's a lot of stuff that the police have uh, with respect to this case that they're kind of holding close to the vest because they want to be able to do a full investigation and not ruin that bringing out sure. other evidence. It it's just it sounds like there are two people that are like they're they are a cult looking for a cult leader. You know what I mean? Like it sounds it's like cuckoo and they ended up just finding <laughs> each other. Like it's yeah. yeah, I think Lori sought him out. I think once she read his yeah. books and she just became so enamored with him that she went and made this happen. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he would have done any of this without her. But yet she clearly had been doing stuff like this before. If you count the suspicious deaths prior to yeah. her meeting and, him, you know. Uh, the whole thing is just like, I just have a hard time believing so many people close to this woman would die. And she doesn't have any involvement. What did you say what her job was? Do we know? Uh, I didn't hear anything about a job. I don't I'm think I'm wondering she if she had any kind of like proximity to like medical anything because like the blood clot, the heart attack. I'm wondering if she had access to something. There was no indication that she worked. And, you know, she'd huh. always kind of been with these men who had these high power jobs provided or good paying her. jobs and provided for her. And I think that, hmm. you know, that is a normal kind of a function of some religious ideology for the woman to be a stay at home mom. Right. And the men to be the ones who are the breadwinners and the leaders hmm. of the family. So um, there's no indication that she worked outside of the home. So but that's not to me, not to say that she wasn't intelligent enough to be able to do the research and figure out these things on her own. There are websites mm-hmm. all over the world that have, you know, reams and reams of information about how what certain medications do and even how to kill people without yeah. the police, you know, knowing. Yeah. So I, I don't you know, think that she's excused from that because she didn't work outside the home. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just interesting, like, she, I don't know, it just seems like she clearly had access to something that could, like, hide the cause of death, you know what I mean? It'd be very interesting to see a psychological evaluation of this woman, don't you think? Yes, yes. Because she's got to have some kind of narcissistic, like, personality thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and for her to flip a switch like so many times so quickly and just become obsessive about certain things and to run mm-hmm. away from her family for two months and just the way she speaks. And if you ever listen to her speak online, you'll just like it is so uh, it's artificial. It's like she's a mm-hmm. robot. It's so weird. Didn't you say she was like in beauty pageants and stuff? So maybe yeah, she knows how she- to like rehearse. Yeah, she was a beauty queen, former Mm -hmm. beauty queen. So like, you know, she's an attractive woman. And every single Mm -hmm. picture you see of her her hair is done. She's got lipstick on like she clearly cares a lot more about her appearance Mm -hmm. than she does about, you know, what's going on with her kids and her family and and everyone who hates her. But um, in any case, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. I mean, it's I told you it was going to be a doozy. It really was. I felt like I followed the story in the news, but like you found some stuff that I had I had not even heard anything about the brother dying. That was shocking. Yeah, the brother died too. And I heard about that in one of the podcasts earlier. Mm. It was just like, what? Are you kidding me? He yeah. died too? 
And again, like you can't necessarily take everything you read on the news media. Like I'm not trying to tell you that everything in this is a fact. The only things that I can really state as facts are the charges against Lori, the search warrant date and things of that nature. But there are some things about her religious ideology and beliefs Mm -hmm. and things like that, that may or may not be true. It's what is out mm-hmm. there. It's what was written in the divorce proceedings. And again, he may have made that up. You right. just don't know. But for so many people to come forward and say, she espoused this belief. Yeah. She believed she was this. Well, is, and there was the email. I think too. it's unusual. Yeah. I think it's very unusual for someone to not be that and to have so many people come forward and say they are and have mm-hmm. them be wrong. Like, why would they lie? Right. And I mean, no, we don't know that she's responsible for all these other deaths, but the fact remains that these people did die in her proximity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that is fact. And she's the common denominator. Yeah, exactly. She's the common denominator. And we don't know that she killed her kids. We do not know that. But I suspect that in the coming months, we will start to get some more details and put this together in sort of a mosaic yeah. where it doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now because we're up close looking at it. But once we take a couple steps back and all those pieces are arranged on the table, it's going to make a pattern that's going to mm-hmm. show us some interesting details that we didn't see before. Mm. So um, I am going to, before we wrap the podcast up, I thought we'd go over a couple of emails. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Let's see. There's one I wanted to start with. Oh, there's a couple. This one says, subject line, good job, ladies. And says, hi, Darcy and Sarah. Notice she put Darcy first. Oh, hey. (laughs) It says, I'm a huge fan and also from Alabama. (gasps) What up? You can, you know, cheer, whatever, now. (laughs) I'll allow you that. Well, it depends on, I don't know who she cheers for. Um, I have been listening for a while and really enjoyed your episode on the Rosenbergs. Could you guys do some more older type cases? <gasps> keep yes. keep up the good work. Kim A. Go War Eagles, she says. Hey, War Eagles, like, Kim. Darcy's going to love this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would love to do some more cases like that. What awesome. about you, Darcy? Yes, absolutely. Those Let's are so fun. They are. Like, they're just, they're interesting and like they're not really covered on a lot of other podcasts. Yeah. So it just makes it a little bit more unique. I think we're going to have one coming up that Kim is going to enjoy. Ooh, yeah, good, good, good. Um, and I don't really usually do older ones, so mm-hmm. it's it's good when Darcy digs into those too. So um, you'll love this one too. It says, "Subject line: Loving Darcy being back." Yay, me too. <laughs> uh, it says, "Just wanted to say hi. My hubby and I listen every week, and we love the show. Can we just say how we glad? How, ugh, can we just say how glad we are that Darcy's back? Keep doing what you're doing, Lacey. <laughs> Thanks, Lacey. Yeah." Um, subject line on this one is more serial killers, please. Oh, uh, it says, can you guys please do some more serial killers soon? Please. The big ones are my fave Alex. Um, I think we have one. We um, have one in the hopper. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We have one in the hopper coming up and I'd like to do some too, but those ones are just like so big and so extensive. Like there's just, those ones end up being so much more of a huge task to take on because there's so much research out there about them Mm -hmm. and you got to kind of filter through to find out what's true and and what you want to use. And, and then some of them have just been blasted and I kind of, you know, with everyone and their grandpa has done an episode on it. And I just want to make sure that what we're presenting and creating is a little bit unique. So we have to look for different angles, in my opinion, to get things um, so that our podcast stands out from the others in their coverage because we don't want it to be the same old thing that everyone else is doing. Absolutely. There's a lot of good podcasts that do serial killers very well, um, which kind of makes it difficult for me to want to tackle those because I want to also do a really good job and also find, like you said, like that unique angle that hasn't been covered yet. Yeah. So... 
But we also do have a serial killer in the hopper. We do. Absolutely. And it's one of my faves from growing Mm -hmm. up. Um, This one says, you guys are the best as a subject line. And I know. You know, All right. What can I say? <laughs> it says, I just started listening to you two a few weeks back and I'm loving it. Your researching and personalities are the best. I especially like some of your recent ones too because they are so unique. Keep up the good work, Tiffany. P.S. Any word on the merch coming out soon? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Tiffany. Um, and I picked that one because... Uh... Maybe (laughs) we've had thoughts on it and we've definitely have like had discussions about that and we definitely want to do it. It's just things have been crazy lately. Yeah. Everything going on. I mean, me having to take time off with school, you packing up and moving across the country, the COVID and everything. Everything's just kind of ground to a little bit of a halt as far as that's concerned. But we definitely are talking about it. Yeah, and we have plans to do stuff. It's just, mm-hmm. it has been quite challenging. And now that I'm about to move again. Again. <clears throat> granted, it's not to a different town. It's to the same place, but uh, still, still moving, it's, it's going to involve sucks. some packing and unpacking. And I just finished my fourth book of fiction. Mm. And this means I have finished three books during the quarantine. We should plug those. Why aren't we plugging those on this? Because they're fiction. So? Um, maybe at some point I will, but like it's I've, still, I've I mean, published you can cut this out of the episode, but like we should be pub- plugging those. I published awesome. one and I haven't published the others yet. Um, yeah. I'm not sure whether I want to do it under my name or whether I want to do it under a pen name mm-hmm. whether, you know, cause some of them are really uh, like kind of edgy. So, well, we can just um, plug like books. I just, like, I just don't want to horrify my friends and family because my oh. mom, I, I think it would be like, what did you write? <laughs> well, very we conservative. Like, like when I plug books that I've read for like references, we can also be like, and then I mean, we could do like a book corner. Yeah. And well, I could public, like I could talk about it. like my nonfiction things that I read and you could be like, I, there's also this fiction book that came out recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, they're like, kind of adult type fiction with like mm-hmm. some kind of gritty themes and some sexual content and some other things. So like, it's definitely not rated PG. It's like rated mm-hmm. R, 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 XX and some of the stuff. Cause I talk about, you know, some angry, violent type issues. I talk about, uh, the sex slavery trade. I talk about mm. kidnapping. I talk about rape. I talk about molestation and abuse of children and things of that nature. And I talk about it from the perspective of the victim and from the abuser. So that can be a trigger for some people. Why don't we like when we cover episodes that talk about that, like when we cover a true story, you could be like, there's also like, we know the author of this book and we'd like you to all check it out as a work of fiction, but it does cover off on some of these things and it is like adult themed material. So I mean, why don't we just like plug it and stuff like that? I mean, I have a podcast that, essentially does that like reads yeah. portions of them and then tells them to go buy it so we can oh, also okay. plug that other we can also plug that other podcast too but like sure. i need to think of i need to think about that and come up with sort of an appropriate way to do it that doesn't look like i'm pandering for sales i don't know i think it's super cool though i mean it's awesome so, you're a writer that's awesome but anyway um let's wrap it up so that okay. i can go have, make some dinner i'm starving yeah i'm gonna make so stuffed killers. hamburgers tonight stuffed hamburgers yeah. Ew. I don't need any hamburgers. Um, so serial killers, history, merch. Yes. Those are our to-dos. Yes. We're on it. Um, this is the point in the podcast where we say so long, farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And I cannot emphasize important enough how important it is 
that you guys do those things. Mm -hmm. It helps us tremendously when you just take a couple of seconds and give us a nice review or subscribe to our podcast or tell somebody else about it. All of that is wonderful and it helps keep our podcast at the top of the ratings so that other people can find us as well and so that we can continue to generate content, content for our listeners and continue to improve as well. Awesome. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can shoot us an email at thebfdpodcast at gmail.com and we'll put that in the show notes. Social media, Darcy? Yeah, we're at the BFD Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. So you can also find us there and we post pictures and news stories and all kinds of fun stuff there. Yeah, and please join us again next week when we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild cases. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye! Bye, guys. <laughs>